0: afternoon everyone and welcome to the overcast gamer show it is sunday the 28th of january 2018 my name is regan harper this week i'm hosting in lieu of abe foster and this week we are joined by
1: that's our valentine (laughs)
2: long silence Uh, and yeah yeah, michael langan
0: nice welcome lads how are we getting on well
2: yeah good uh staying Staying frosty.
0: <laughs> are, are you actually
2: though? <laughs> no, it's, I mean it's kind of warm at the moment. Uh, in general, it's been really hot. It has. And everywhere is sold out of fans. So yes. I can't buy a fan
0: from my room. Of course, the classic, it's... the classic New Zealand fan shortage. So yeah. if you if you're listening from outside of New Zealand, the context here is that it's 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 been in the news. Like there's a heat wave, right? Like it's mm-hmm. I think over the coming week or so, it's meant to be kind of like 30 degrees everywhere in the country, which is For New Zealand is pretty unheard of. And yeah, there's a fan shortage, right? Like you cannot, you cannot buy a fan in New Zealand at the moment, it would seem, Mm. which is, which is just nuts. So Mm. you were on the hunt for a fan yourself, Mike?
2: Yeah. I mean, I've been to a few places. I mean, there's a few places I could have gone to, which I didn't. Don't bother. Because it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like the warehouse. It's going to be like a shitty plastic fan. It's going to break. Yeah. (laughs) Like. Kind of what I really want is, you know, those like the Dyson Airblade, mm. you know, like in the bathrooms, you know, they actually properly clip dry your hands. Um, but they, they got some really fucking expensive, um, <laughs> they're like bladeless fans. Yeah, yeah, I've seen oh, no, them. Have, have you seen them? Yeah, yeah. they're like, just like a circle and it just like blasts air at you. Yeah. It's like a hoop. Yeah. So not, no idea how it works, but. i see i've thought um, about
0: this before too right like because you look at it and it's like how what kind of voodoo is going on here yeah yeah i I mean
2: there must be like a sort of uh, i imagine it being like a sort of miniaturized jet engine um (laughs) like the the blades inside well you're paying for something right
0: because they're so fucking expensive (laughs) like what is it doing that a normal fan is not so there must be some kind of yeah exactly there must be some kind of like extreme machinery going on in there I mean, it does sort of beg a certain a, question. Like, as a as a gamer, in this kind of heat, you know, what are your strategies for surviving? Because sitting in a in a room with you know consoles and PCs and things running can produce a bit of heat. Have you guys got any sort of hot tips for for avoiding the the perils of being yeah. a gamer in this kind of heat?
2: Probably, probably for my house because like my lounge is like a big sunroof. We've got a, a curved window which sort of like goes up and like reaches the roof so it's like a basically a, a furnace in the summer <laughs>
0: it's essentially a, like a what do they call them greenhouse
2: yeah pretty much yeah like it, it's just a big window like and yeah it just gets loads of sun It uh, just heats up the whole house but we've it's got these like curtains that sort of on sort of rollers which sort of drop down against it so um just recently just been like action just closing the the windows uh or you know closing the curtains to actually like stop that heat seems to do the trick beginning. and yeah even though like i'm in my room in the dark most of the time anyway yeah it still still affects me just sitting here <laughs> just
0: uh, life is tough yeah uh what pretty, about you pretty. balthazar because you uh, from my my understanding of you is that you generally you know you you wear the same clothes all year round things don't you know you seem to not really react to to extreme temperatures too badly
1: mm. yeah man's not hot have my tip would be to already own a fan before the fan shortage Um, because then you can just turn it on like Mm. don't wait for a ridiculous situation to arise like extreme heat before you are prepared for the possibility of extreme heat yeah so fan going
0: sage advice
1: yeah mm, and also just uh always have always have a drink on ice in the fridge or the freezer or what have you yes just pop a new can when it starts to get really hot
0: Mm. nice Good advice good advice plan ahead and have cool beverages good one good one well uh let's then dive straight into uh, this podcast might be quite short actually this this time around but that's okay let's dive straight into what we have been playing just like every other podcast on the planet who wants to go first my list is insane <laughs> your list is um, insane let's start with you to get that out of the way because it is a ridiculous right. list
1: i finished in blade chronicles 2 it was good it's a good game the ending was pretty cool actually to be honest how it made sense as a standalone game but then also if you played the first one it was a lot did you have more of an understanding of the world of two which was really cool but you didn't need it but they did put in some nice um sort of reward for people who had been longtime fans of the series but yeah still good game solid jrpg if you own a switch and you like jrpgs that's the best one on offer at the moment so absolutely pick it up. Samus Returns on 3DS. After we gave the 3DS a lot of shit, I <laughs> did buy a game for it. Yep. I couldn't resist the Allure for new classic side-scrolling Metroid game any longer. So I did pick it up and I finished it twice now. Once on stand and then once on fusion difficulty. Um, shit, nice. Which you require an amiibo to unlock uh, and you take four times damage and everything. And, and that was that was hard. That was a bitch. But still, classic uh, Metroid um whoo, now my switch game is i'm jamming of 5 again because i never finished it i think i'm near the end now i feel like i am in the final um final few maps Yep. stories so, building did, to a climax so would you have played that previously on like playstation or something was that Disgaea? I've never played it previously because it was only on PlayStation, and it's such a uh, handheld game. Like, it's a, yeah. you know, top-down tactics RPG. Like, they're made for handheld games, mm, uh, yeah. handheld systems, sorry. So I've never played one previously because of that. I didn't want to set, like, I've never played Disgaea 5 docked in the TV. I've only played it handheld because <laughs> it's such a waste of sort of real estate having it on the TV. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, there's something to be said for the switch in the way that it's sort of like you know when you have a game you can play it in the format that suits that game best which is so cool Mm. i think Mm, yeah because you know we never have conversations like that when we're talking pc games or playstation and things it's like there's only you're sat on your ass playing that kind of stuff but yeah i don't know it's just kind of cool to be able to have that conversation like you know what is the coolest format Mm. to play this on yeah it's interesting Mm. yeah
1: sure (laughs) I also picked up Shovel Knight on Switch because I've never played Shovel Knight before, Um, and all of the DLC is out for it now. So you kind of actually get everything when you buy it. Yeah, it's a fun game. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm torn to be honest. It's fun. There's nothing wrong with it, but at the same time, there's nothing particularly special about it. Like I don't quite understand its instant classic status that it attained. It doesn't. Mm. You know, it's it's not amazing. It's it's good. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing about it that really makes it stand apart from any other side-scrolling roguelike. It doesn't have anything special, so I'm not quite sure how it has such a huge falling and is so you know, massively successful, but it's a fun game. Um, and again, I think Switch is probably the best platform for it because I've only played it handheld. I can't even imagine docking it just to see what it looks like on the TV because it's a you know, very minimalist
0: route. <laughs> Yeah pixelated
1: yeah i don't understand how people have this thing on ps4 and pc and stuff like it's crazy so yeah there's that and along the lines of sort of those side scrolling i played some more hollow knight on steam that is a good example of uh you know side scrolling roguelike like that is a much better game than shovel knight really um yeah much better like not even close it's just in every way the art style is better the movement is better the controls are better the environment's better the characters are better well that
0: that sort of makes sense in a way right because i remember seeing shovel knight and thinking this just looks like an homage to kind of you know games of you know older games in this sort of style and it seems like that that's sort of what they did with shovel knight was just kind of duplicate Mm -hmm. that whereas hollow knight is significantly more modern right and it's kind of styling yeah. and, and all mm. that kind of stuff so it makes mm. sense
1: yeah I'm, I'm waiting for that to come out on switch at the moment yeah uh, that will yeah, be a really good out. switch release so it'll be the first mm. uh, yeah the first like metroidvania game on switch which will be great
0: basically um, basically it, our podcast seems to have become like a Leah, that that game looks good. I'm just gonna wait for it on Switch, though. Like, yeah, (laughs) without ABD here, anyway. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's just like, yeah, no, it's yeah, good game, but yeah, yeah, no, it would be better on Switch. It's great.
1: Yeah, I've always played Necropolis on Steam. Nothing to say about that game. It's shit. Yeah, so it, it's like an indie. (sighs) I'm I'm sorry to make the comparison. Um, It's kind of like Ashen in that it's an indie developer's attempt at making a souls-like open world game right and because they're an indie developer and don't have the team size to achieve that feat it's just garbage <laughs> it's a um it's a trash tier game it's horrible and i hope ashen is not like it at all and mm. is in fact much better because the trailers are kick-ass yeah necropolis is a is an indie souls-like and it's Bad. The AI is bad. The controls are bad. I pretty much copy paste Hollow Knight into my Necropolis review. Same thing. <laughs> or rather, yeah, the the way that I just, the, not, not sh- my Shovel Knight, uh, uh, what was it, description, but everything I said that Hollow Knight did better than Shovel Knight, Necropolis is the same. Like, it's, it's bad in the same regards by comparison. So then along Souls Likes, again, I started Dark Souls 2 on PC because Dark Souls 2 is my least played Souls game. I remembered nothing of it. I only played it through once. Uh, and that was when I was more casual and really only played the PvE. So it's, and I heard that 2 still has the best PvP scene. So I started 2 again, this time on Steam, because I played it on PS3 previously. And I'm having a lot more fun with it than I thought I would, I think purely because I've not played that game for so long that my opinion of it didn't really exist so I was just tainted by the general consensus that Dark Souls 2 is by far the worst Souls game. But actually it's not, It's there's nothing wrong. I mean, okay, there is a, there's a major flaw with it, which is that it's not hard in the way that other Souls games are hard. They don't try to make it hard by making interesting encounters with good AI and kind of requiring specific strategies to proceed. They try to make it hard by just saying, here's 50 guys at once, right. that's hard, right? Like you can't beat that many at once. That'll make it diff- like they just throw more things at you to make mm. it difficult, rather than making it creative and good. But mm. that said, the world design is still cool. The weapons are cool. The enemies themselves are pretty cool. The boss fights are cool. Like there's, mm. it's still a Souls game. It's still fun. Because um, so it's, it's interesting you it. say
0: that about the groups, because like in, in my relatively limited knowledge of that sort of genre and Souls games is, you know, the battles. You know, there's sort of the the moderately hard kind of stuff as you traverse the stages and things. But then it's more about sort of the set pieces and the the, the big battles with bosses and whatnot than than anything, would would you say? Or have I got that wrong?
1: Pretty much. I mean, ultimately, it... (laughs) The game really is nothing about the PvE at all. Like, honestly, as soon as you finish the Souls game once, you can just blitz through everything a million times and just fuck around with completely unviable builds and still finish it without taking any damage. As soon as you know how to beat the Souls game, there is no challenge in it whatsoever right so to be honest the the whole thing of souls games is the set piece moments you have with other players not with anything that's scripted into the game just with like it's a purely pvp game that just happens to have a pve component to it that just happens to be big and broad and cool mm. um, but actually they are pvp games there isn't replayability in the pve alone i certainly don't know anyone who plays it to a high extent who doesn't exclusively do PvP at this point kind of thing. So mm. I'm not really a good judge of what sells it on the PvE side of things because I have always been a fan of the PvP side of things. So maybe Mike could talk more to that because mm. I, I don't know how much PvP you have done, but I know you have finished the PvE of um, a couple of so or at least one souls yeah. game, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe Mike can, uh, can mm. attest to that in a bit as well. But uh, other than that, other things that I've been playing... Gwent, the Gwent open beta, cool is fun. It's like a much more refined version of the mini game that was in Witcher Three. A lot more mechanics and components to it and everything. And and it's it's my, I guess my just relaxing game. If I, um, you know, watching something on the other screen and I really don't want to pay attention to what I'm doing on the PC, I'll just chuck on Gwent and play a few ranked matches because you don't have to pay attention to win ranked matches if you have a cheese deck. <laughs> um, like a like a consumed monster deck you just sit there and throw shit out and people lose yep. so that's always fun hmm. <laughs> um, and then we're getting into the last few I've probably put like 60 hours or so into Warframe over the past couple of weeks as well because I just keep playing that game always
0: Is Warframe kind of taking over from Final Fantasy fourteen?
1: Fourteen is uh, very much a stop and go game for me when there's a big content update i play it heavily until i've cleared all the content and then i play other things until the next big content update yeah so i wouldn't say anything would ever really take its place because i mean for example i'm pretty sure tuesday there is a big 14 update coming out so i'll be playing that a shitload for the next sort of month or so after that to get everything and clear everything so I guess in a way, Warframe is just my never ending 14. Like, it doesn't need a content update because there's just so much in it that I'm still to do that yep. I can just always jump in and play it. Mm. Um, and by still to do, um, I just mean I'm not maximum mastery rank yet. So I got so many weapons still to level up to maximum.
0: Yep. And teams.
1: Um, I dabbled with Observer. Um, this <laughs> game looked. A lot cooler than it turned out to be. Oh, really? Um, That's a shame. Yeah. So, Observer is a game where you play as a detective, essentially, um, who can interrogate people um, to solve crimes and stuff by jacking himself into like he's got a little you know
0: oh god i'm glad you said jacking into. yeah into it's... not
1: not oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like he sort of plugs himself into them and then he can live their memories and experience them firsthand to try and solve crimes and interrogate people because this is in sort of a dystopian i think the year is 2088 and everything is ar basically like the whole world has become ar nothing everything is just worn down like a rundown city where every building is broken but they use these cybernetic components or that everyone has inside their heads and stuff to make it look pristine and new except it doesn't really look pristine and new. you can still see the decay it's still clearly a, a ruined city hmm. um so it is a cool concept and the is idea the char- of Sorry, is the character in that
2: he's like an actor
1: like he was in the batman
2: begins uh, I have no idea. He was some Russian dude, I think. I might be thinking of someone else. I might just look it up.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. I, I, he didn't sound familiar, and you don't see him because it's first person the whole time. Um, there are mirrors every now and again, so you could see your face. But yeah, it's uh, it's not as great as as the concept was. I thought it would kind of it really played on having these horror elements. Um, where the I suppose villain of the game sort of capitalized on your fears so that when you were journeying through people's memories he was kind of implanting things in the memories to to spook you and and make the game a bit of a horror as well but it didn't work like it just it wasn't it was just a pretty cut and dry solver couple of crimes game mm, um that's a shame which was disappointing it, so it was a really cool concept but they just didn't do anything with to to be honest you know what it's the same company that made layers of fear and it's the exact same complaint as with layers of fear cool concept didn't work in execution <laughs> um
2: it, it, it is it's Ru- rutger Hauer is his name oh yeah so he's, he's like a dutch actor he was in um batman Begins. i think he might have been in um the original uh, Blade Runner. Oh, cool. Was he in Blade Runner? Yeah, he was in Blade Runner. He's, I mean, he's a fairly, fairly famous actor, I suppose. Mm. Like, not, you know, Airless Liberty, but pretty pretty well known.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I rec- <clears throat> definitely recognize the guy, for sure. And then other than that,
1: just Z, which obviously we streamed, which is gone. That is a game that also falls into the category of would probably be better on Switch, but I picked it up on PS4 because I wanted to play it now.
0: Yeah. And fair it's enough. not
1: going to be out for a while on Switch. And when it does, there'll probably be DLC and stuff. So I could still pick it up on Switch as a, you know, complete definitive edition with all the extra characters and stuff like that. Because I don't plan on buying DLC or Season Pass or anything on the PlayStation version. So I just wait for the Switch version when all the characters are out and
0: yeah, nice. pick it up again. Did you get it as a digital download on PS4?
1: I did, yeah. Because that's just how I roll now with my PS4. In fact, almost everything. I don't buy physical games anymore unless. They have a collect edition, you know, oh, yeah. that has an item I particularly like. If it comes with physical tat that I really am keen on, like a crossbow um, or something, precisely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, I would, I would pick it up physically. But, uh, um, no, otherwise, I just am a fan of the digital download. Even if, like, with uh, with Dragon Ball Fighters, I knew ahead of time, you know, that, like three days ahead of time that I was going to pick it up on release day, so I could have just gone into a store and picked it up on release day. Mm. So it wasn't, you know, just the convenience of oh, I'm at home. I'll just buy and download it now. I yeah. just, I just decided to pay for it and preload it from home a couple of days before, so that I didn't have to go into a store and talk to some incompetent ninny. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talking to the ninnies is hard work for sure. Yeah. Mm. Nice. That's a solid list, man. Like I, I'm always yeah. impressed by the number of just the sheer number of games that you spend time with and like have enough time with to to comment on it's uh it's impressive stuff cool mike tell us about what you've been playing man what's been going on well, I think,
2: i'm not sure if i was playing dark souls 3 about the time of the last podcast might have been but yeah got got quite heavily into that decided to pick it up finally and yeah absolutely loved it being yeah talking to balthazar about it oh yeah i was talking about it on the last podcast because um, i think you were yeah 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 and balthazar was like trolling me with like giving all this bad information <laughs> and stuff about it <laughs> Uh, which is funny. Yeah, I yeah, uh, end up finishing that. So getting like three endings and getting all the stuff. Did you get which the platinum? is cool. Yeah, yeah, got the platinum. That's yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pretty pleased with that one. It was funny though, like you're yeah, mentioning PvP because you kind of have to do some PvP stuff to, to get the platinum. There's mm. some some items that are like, you know, mainly just the oh, online ones. the PvP covenants and stuff. And... So I kind of cheesed it a little bit yes yeah, you get what i needed but um you know that's right it was a bit ridiculous but yeah only only sort of once i actually finished it is i found a, a guy on youtube who like pretty much exclusively does pvp and his his sort of like whole thing is that he takes on uh like gankers just like groups of two two to four enemies like other players oh, like yeah. all against him yeah and cool. he's just like amazing at pvp <laughs> and so i was like watching him and then you know, i just sort of like, suddenly you had a much better understanding for the PvP mechanics and stuff. It was really entertaining to watch, but um it was just like, oh, like, if I'd known about this a bit earlier, like, I probably could have done all of that stuff a lot easier. Oh, right. Yeah, just like the, the sort of different techniques and like the finer parts of the PvP, because I, I just end up getting smashed all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you'd, you'd get summoned into a world to invade, like, you know, trying to get some of these items. And um one one example uh, is like I got summoned in on like a tiny little ledge, and there's like a bridge above me. and I was like, all right, cool, I like go see where the host is and I like go to like turn around, go up a ladder, and just these four dudes just come at me and I'm just like on this ledge on on the side of a cliff <laughs> and just like completely blocked off and I'm just oh, like, yeah, there's absolutely no way I'm getting out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just attack you at once and just, like, kill you. And it's just like, oh, my God.
0: That's cool, though. Um, like in, in a way, that yes. builds a story, though, right? Because that's obviously one of the more mm. memorable ones. Mm. It sounds frustrating, though, especially if you're trying to work for something like a trophy and you have to deal with that. I don't know. The whole PvP thing probably wouldn't be my scene if I was into those games. So I think it'd be quite tough. Mm. But you got it done in the end, it mm. sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got
2: there eventually. But yeah, that was good fun. And actually, like, the it was quite handy the day... I finished um, Dark Souls 3 as the day my uh, my Switch arrived. Ah, nice. Which is uh, Yeah, very nice timing. So yeah, got to jump into Zelda pretty much right away. Cool. So yeah, absolutely love that game. You you both played it, played it, eh?
0: We certainly mm. have, yeah. It was my yeah. game, game of the Year last year, for those, mm. those people who were astute enough to watch our Game of the Year episode from <laughs> late last year. Tell me about it, Mike. Give it, lay the experience yeah. out.
2: Mm. Yeah, it was, it was really good. What I loved about it was just sort of like the the freedom and the openness. Like, you know, for example, like right from the beginning, pretty much you can just go and like you do get the quest. I'll oh, just go beat Ganon, yeah, right away. And, you know, it's possible to actually go and do that, although probably quite hard. <laughs> um, and, and then just um, it, it kind of reminded me a bit of uh, Red Dead Redemption. Oh yeah, you can just you're just sort of like roaming around on your horse. Sometimes, you know, it's quite open. You got to get from from, you know you'll see somewhere or like you're planning to get to another spot across the map and so you just gotta like you know jump on your horse or you know start running off um and then just like getting there is like a bit of a, a journey and a experience in itself yeah absolutely like with, with what what you encounter and like um, you know the enemies and the environment and you know the stuff you pick up and you know things, things that happen it's just like yeah really really cool like yep. Uh, you've got to think about each um, sort of situation as you just come across it uh, how you're going to tackle it you know, how you're going to get out the yeah. mountain
0: yeah it's quite interesting hey eh? like that idea of sort of the you know the 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 journey is what it's all about which mm. perhaps a metaphor for you know for deeper things but yeah I love that sense of just kind of like you, you pull out your telescope you, you you might be standing on a tower or something and you can see where you need to get to but you can't see how you're going to get there and then in between mm-hmm. there you know you end up fighting three or four bands of of whatever those things are called you know climbing a couple little mountains and it, it's just awesome that sense of exploration i reckon
2: yeah yeah and there's and there's um things to find everywhere as well like the little what are they what are they called the
0: the little deku guys uh, korok koroks. koroks yes yeah korok, yeah yeah they give you the korok seeds
2: yeah 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 uh, yeah because they're they're sort of hidden about the place to you like solve little puzzles or there'll be like a circle of rocks and there's like one rock missing so you gotta like find a nearby rock and put it in that in a circle to complete it and it'll appear
0: just simple little things eh yeah
2: yeah little things like that Um, yeah stuff's find everywhere so like it it does feel like there's a lot of stuff but not it doesn't doesn't also doesn't feel cluttered like you don't have to find everything Mm. yeah yeah it's really good Um, enjoyed like the, the yeah the the shrines that always like yeah really good challenges to make you think and uh what are they called the the divine beast which is like you know the, the yeah. sort of more story dun- dungeon ones they're really cool mm. some real cool mechanics well, there? yeah i mean um probably what i didn't like about it is uh zelda's voice actor thought she was a little bit annoying <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um pro- probably like the ending like i felt could have been a bit different but. Um, yeah, still still really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm.
0: Definitely cool. an awesome game. Nice. Yeah. And I remember asking you a wee while ago like whether it would have overtaken your game of the year last year and it wouldn't have. So mm. that's 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 fair enough. Mike's game of the year last year, if you didn't yeah. watch that episode was near automata, automata. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Um what else? What uh, else yeah,
2: been? both both pretty pretty highly rated games though. Yeah, so since then, actually I think it was a couple of months ago, I tracked down um game I really want to get. It's Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. Um, so that's like a direct sequel to uh Aria of Sorrow, um, which is, I think it was on the Game Boy Advance. Right. Um, and probably, yeah, like one of my all-time favorite games. See so yeah, this one, it's on the DS. I think it actually came out in like 2005 or something, but yeah, tracked it down on Amazon and yeah, decided to get it shipped over. Cool. And just been having that. So just classic Castlevania experience, exploring dracula's castle although i don't think they actually explicitly say it's dracula's castle but it's pretty obvious that it is yeah 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 i don't suppose there's too much to say about it Uh, it's a castlevania game (laughs) yeah i I feel like i'm really good at the mechanics of the castlevania game so i'm just like pretty much like quite dominating this game Mm. Um, what would
0: you say defines a castlevania game so you know it's sort of a side scrolling platformer type thing isn't it how does it what's what's the special magic source that castlevania has
2: mm, sort of about yeah so you got a bit of exploration so like exploring the castle um it's got the um traversal kind of thing so like it's it's sort of I, i imagine similar to you know metroid games where You get new abilities which allow you to explore more parts. So, you know, you you eventually get the classic double jump. um, Oh, cool. Which uh, allow you to, like, sort of traverse underwater a bit more. So it's more like just, I don't know, you essentially just walk underwater instead of, like, floating along the top. So you get to more places like that. One of the last ones I got was you turn into a bat. So you can um, fly up higher. Yeah. Think, so it's really up.
0: it's really kind of the 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 sort of slow cracking open of the the major dungeon as you go through it and progress in the game. Is that sort of the it's drawing yeah. drawing point you'd say? Yeah, yeah. The other
2: part I quite like to the, these these uh, yeah Aria of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow, is that every uh, every monster like when you kill it, it has a chance to drop. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Basically, like get it soul. So once you collected the soul of an enemy you gain one of their abilities um, and so there's like three types of abilities and you have one of each equipped at a time so like for example you get the classic skeletons throwing their bones at you so um, once you get its soul you get the ability to just just to throw a bone to attack an enemy yeah and eventually you' just get like a quite a wide range of like different cool abilities yeah um, you can use, yeah. yeah
0: do you, is the end of the game killing Dracula? Because that'd be great if it was. Mm. Um, I suppose I suppose I can kind of spoil
2: it, because it they are very it's old games. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty old. So, Aria of sorrow. Um, so the previous game, this guy Soma, who um, is kind of is going to sound really weird, but uh, him and his friend are at a like some sort of shrine or something. I think at the beginning to watch a, a lunar, a, yeah, lunar eclipse, uh, and some somehow they get pulled into the lunar eclipse where Dracula's castle is so they're inside the lunar eclipse with Dracula's castle um, <laughs> and and it turns out that um, Soma himself that's the main character is actually a reincarnation of Dracula and or like he's he's going to be reborn as Dracula or, or something weird like that yeah it's, it's all a bit confusing uh, <laughs> yeah but um, and so you sort of there are, there are multiple endings to the game. So, like, ones where, you know, sort of better and worse endings. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah okay. Turns out he's Dracula. And then, so, like, this game, Dawn of Sorrows, a, a year later, um, he's, he's sort of prevented himself from becoming Dracula again. Um, but there's, like, a cult who who's trying to bring back Dracula, um, supposedly so because he's the ultimate Lord of Darkness. And for God of to be course. the ultimate good, there has, has to be an ultimate evil. Um, which, right. Yeah. Kind of confusing, but yeah. I mean, the story is not the greatest.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's but, not yeah. about the story. So, there we go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice not, not about the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. About the journey. Yeah.
0: Nice one. Well, uh, hmm. I have been playing a couple games. games. Um, one that Balthazar has been playing is Xenoblade Chronicles 2 which I picked up on Switch, obviously on Switch, just because I sort of Mm. felt like I needed to spend a bit more time with my Switch, and this game looked really cool. But man, the thing that gets me about this game is there's just a system for everything, eh? Uh, Maybe it's just been a while since I've played a proper JRPG, but there's just basically every single thing that happens in this game, there is a massive convoluted system around it and mm. like that, that's good in some ways and, and bad in others but you know a lot of games will just have let's say the leveling when you level up there'll be a couple of things you have to do and you can kind of customize things there and then the rest of it is all pretty well sort of set in stone based on on the game's mechanics but this is like you know leveling up is the easiest part of it you know there's kind of salvaging there's the blades and they have three or four different things you can customize on them then there's the actual driver themselves so the drivers are the people that have the blades are the essentially the blade wielders and so there's Three or four different things you can customize on them and then you've got to think about the different combinations of blades that happen across your party and that's you know the different combination of whether they're their role so whether they're you know an attacker a tank a healer and then you also need to consider do i have coverage for the different element types so that when i'm doing my blade combos i've got access to different elements and then not only that when you're in battle you know there's there's time it's just so dense on all of the different mechanics mm. that it's it's kind of awesome and kind of a pain in the ass at the same time but balthazar you've played a lot of these games eh? so this is this mm. is probably all not new to you
1: well it's two is very different from x in the original there is a lot more to it because in the original and in x you um you don't have blades, so you know, you don't have multiple different basically your weapons don't have their own customization and characteristics to them. They're right. just weapons in the previous games. Yeah. So yeah, you that that does add another layer to it. I mean something that I guess shows just how much there is in this game is there are ten chapters in the game and at the start of chapter ten I was still getting those tutorial prompts that come up on the top part of the screen. <laughs> oh man. You're still being taught new <laughs> mechanics. 120 hours into the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Whoa. It's it's crazy, you know, you think you've got it and then oh, but that uh, yeah, that's another thing. Like the other day when we caught up for lunch Balthazar and I'm talking about just blade combos and things and then you're like, "Oh yeah, but what about like the topple and the, the break break and topple and, and leap or whatever it's called. There's this yeah, whole break, other... Break,
1: topple, launch, smash.
0: Yeah, there's this whole other part of the game that just hadn't even touched on. It's just there's just so... It's, it's very dense. But in saying all of that, in a way it kind of makes up for it for the ridiculousness of the characters and sort of... <laughs> it's just like... So, for example, there is one little guy called Tora... And he's what's the the race called? He's a nopon, nopon, which is basically this kind of two foot tall They're little blue things. Are
1: they? He's not blue. They come in other. They come in a variety of colors as the franchise goes on. But yeah, you oh, would right. you would have one in the original chronicles as well yeah. in your party.
0: Yeah, and he's right. he's like two foot tall. He's like a little fluffy round thing with wings for ears. And anyway, it gets to a point where you meet him and he needs help with getting some parts for uh, an artificial blade that he's creating. And, you know, that's just the kind of thing that comes up in a story. You go, yep, sweet. No, that's it's a fetch questy kind of thing. I'll go out and get these parts. And they use that to be fair to kind of teach you some stuff about salvaging. But then you come back and you give him the parts and he boots up his, his artificial blade. And he's obviously got it on some kind of setting. And it sort of stands up and essentially you learn that he was kind of he's he's programmed it so it can kind of be like a little sex doll as well rather than just like <laughs>
1: his artificial sex mate.
0: yeah it's it's the weirdest <laughs> thing and, and then there's a scene where they're all you know he's a bit sort of embarrassed about it and all that kind of stuff but you know it's kind of peppered with things like that relatively light-hearted moments that sort of offset the intensity of all the mechanics and all the things that you have to learn but they're also also quite fun so, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far.
2: So, the, the blades, the the weapons, but the, like, people as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Balthazar, you probably better explain this. <laughs> I think maybe you have... Ex- I don't know. Yeah, I guess yeah. just, like,
1: like, Pokemon or Digimon, really, is yeah. the easiest way to look at it. Like, yeah. they fight with their collectibles. They throw collectibles at each other to fight, but the collectibles also actually have weapons. So... Yeah, they're, they're a character, and the character may be an axe user. And so, when you use them, you use an axe to fight. And when you use blade combos, you give the blade their axe back, and they attack on your behalf with it to do more damage, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. It's
0: it's a yeah. It's it's it sounds odd to explain it, but it's pretty straightforward, I think. Like when you actually get into the game, basically, it's there's there's the blade is, is a person who's this being, and yeah, if you are linked with them, then you you are given whatever kind of weapon they represent like right, or right. have yeah it's yeah it's bizarre but it's also like yeah kind of straightforward oh. when you're playing it it's, yeah
2: i just remember that the video i watched of it uh was like i think the the, the main girl's name is like pyro or something
0: yeah mm. yep. yeah
2: so i was like oh this is pyro that's um it's the main dude's like girlfriend slash sister slash weapon and, or something like that yeah it's it like uh <laughs>
0: yeah it seems really weird yeah. yeah it is it is a bit mm. like that hey? like the relationship between rex and and pyre is a little bit kind of weird they never sort of, well maybe they nail it down but at this
1: uh, you, yeah you, you've got no idea so far <laughs> you're up to. it's not even started to get complicated yet
0: right good good, good. when
1: the cool. third and fucking fourth characters come into the mix and make this weird triangle square relationship of extreme confusion that's when things start to get really weird for now it's pretty straightforward it's just a Ross Rachel will they won't they kind of thing
0: <laughs> nice yeah yeah but he's kind of like i get the sense from rex that he's a he's a fucking idiot to be honest like he's so clueless he's seems like he's 10 or 11 or something like he seems like a really yeah. young kid and you know just google pyra that sort of stuff. Yeah, will sort of fill you in with what she's all about. It's yeah, she's I don't like know. Five hundred years old, so. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So yeah, it's a strange one, but I'm enjoying the game itself. The other game I've been playing, I is Wind Waker. Actually, the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker yeah. on uh, on Game slash emulator. Mm-hmm probably put maybe five hours or so into that so not a whole lot i'm sort of like i think i've nearly finished kind of one of the first dungeons but enjoying that as well like it's quite cool to play this have after having played breath of the wild to see sort of where they were at you know this this you know however many years ago and then to see how they've sort of essentially just taken wind waker in in some ways and sort of blown the, the 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 concept of it you know out to to the nth degree um just things like the 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 art style is sort of you can see it's sort of this nebulous form of where um breath of the wild eventually got to and then the classic sort of dungeon design and things where you're interacting with things like fire and water and that kind of stuff to to work your way through the dungeon which is really cool and and satisfying you know you're not being asked to do these arbitrary things that that the game developers have just made up there are all the puzzles and things are always based on you know sort of the physical world you know elements and things like that so i they're just really satisfying yeah so wind Waker is also pretty cool and yeah i think i'll uh continue on with that but that's kind of what we've been playing um anything you guys want to finish up on in that section while we're at it no uh, I have... i'll
1: just add to your Wind Waker, i i it's probably actually my favorite classic zelda game so just have fun with it Oh, really, really? like there's so much charm in that game compared to the other classic ones like yeah. It it keeps you know what what made them good, i.e. the sort of the dungeon um, sleuthing and and the power ups and uh, there's a lot of I feel like in Moonwaker there are quite a few more optional upgrades than in other Zelda games. Um, yeah. Where you know if you don't go to a particular island at a particular time of day or when the wind's blowing in a certain direction or whatever, you won't see the opening to a dungeon that gives you a you know an upgrade that you don't need to complete the game, but it's just a cool upgrade. Um, I feel like it was. I guess, their first step into a Breath of the Wild type of game where mm. there was so much in Wind Waker that wasn't mandatory and that was just, hey, we're going to reward you if you do explore um, with a lot of cool extra stuff. So definitely, like, yeah, mm. don't take your time with Wind Waker. Don't just, you know, push through the story. Actually, just have fun. Go where you want to go and see all the sites.
0: Yeah, cool. And, and it's, it is quite cool how it's open. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just have this expectation of older games that it's going to be linear and you know because the hardware might not have been able to handle you know Mm. an open kind of world and this is kind of interesting in that it addresses it by having kind of the ocean that you can sail on right and go to different islands and things like that so it gives you that sense that it's kind of an open world but really all you've done is just traverse this section of blue stuff. You know, yeah. it's, um, but it's cool. It, it you like you say it oozes charm, eh? Like right from the get go, mm. there's something quite special about it. So yeah, pretty pumped about spending more time with it. Mm. So, with that, brings us on to kind of news, and it's and it's a weird one because there's not a whole lot of gaming news to be had at the moment. But I thought, Balthazar, you've been quite well, relatively heavily watching the Overwatch League recently. Um, mm. If you've got any thoughts share share with us how it's been going
1: it's actually pretty interesting if you you know are, are partial to watching um sort of competitive scenes and pro players playing games i think it's a hell of a lot more enjoyable than things i used to watch like uh the the league of legends cups and things like that those were equally hype you know stadiums packed to the rafters with millions of people um you know just watching a game being played on a stage um like It carries over all that hype, but I think it's just, it feels a lot more, I I don't know. I I guess it's just because of the game itself. It's anyone's game. Every round is anyone's game, as opposed to League was great for what it did for eSports, you know, creating eSports effectively, being such a, a highly watched and played game is what allowed it to become a professional thing. Sure. Um, and, and it really set the stage and the scene for what esports were going to become. But it's also very one-sided and you can often tell 10 minutes into a round of league who's going to win, mm-hmm. which meant that the professional cups weren't really fun to watch the whole thing. As soon as you you know saw, oh, clearly this team's now going to steamroll, then you just wait for the next game and just, just do whatever. Um, whereas with Overwatch, because... There's no power creep, you know. You don't buy items, you don't level up. You're always the same flat power. Sure. At any minute, someone could make a play that's going to completely turn the tables um, and and give them the round. And so it's quite a bit more interesting to watch, I find. There last or this week just gone. I guess there was some crazy plays on Friday um, that upset a lot of people. The three or, or two of the big three top teams lost to underdogs um you know quite low ranked teams and they were on flawless winning streaks up until then so it was actually really fun to watch those matches and kind of be looking at it and and seeing it but not believing it while you're looking at it you're like they didn't just lose that round how did they just give that round to them that makes no sense yeah they you know they have the superior players on paper they have the the uh yeah the players with the higher win rates and the 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 better skill so how are they throwing Mm -hmm. these matches uh, and you'd think, oh, it's okay. It's just one map. There's there's two to go. They've got this, and then they'd lose. And it was just incredible to watch. And then yesterday, Soul Dynasty, who were the only ones who were still on 100% win rate, lost a match to uh, Excelsior, who are one of the other top three, who'd already lost um, to Fusion during the week. And so now nobody is untouched. There are no god tier teams anymore. They've all lost to someone, which was just really cool. But you know, for the whole season so far there were these top three that were untouchable and then mm. nobody could beat them. And then within one week, all three of them lost a match to quite low performing teams. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool to see just that turn. And again, it, I guess, carries on that point of difference between league and overwatch where any match can be anyone's match at any time. Um, all they need is the right person to do the right thing at the right time. And that's it. They've completely turned the tables. So I think, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be long. Um, I think it's like ooh, three, four months.
0: Yeah, something um, like that. Because there's, so, there's something yeah. like four or five rounds and each round takes a couple weeks kind of thing, right? So Yeah. Which is crazy. Cra- craziness.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be going for a while and I'm quite excited to just keep watching it, uh, see what happens. I'm rooting for Excelsior and particularly Big Daddy Pine whenever they pull him <laughs> out on Ilios. Um, but yeah, we'll just see what happens with it. And I'm sure I'll I'll maybe have things to say again in future pods if anything of particular interest happens.
0: Yeah, nice one. Cool. I am excited to see how that all pans out, especially given how, like, you know, Blizzard's really pushing it as an eSport. And this, this whole tournament, the whole kind of thing is just impressive to see, like, just to watch and how well mm. it's put together and that kind of thing. So good job, Blizzard. Well done. Yeah. But yeah, as I say, there's next to no news at the moment which is you know just kind of it, it what it's all about at this time of the year i think um i think the big
1: thing of interest for me is just that announcement that this year nintendo has four times as many developers working on first party games as they had last year
0: yes that, um that is a thing cool that's really cool Mm, uh,
1: hopefully exciting. that means a lot more solid quality Nintendo Switch exclusive games coming out.
0: Yeah, well, I do know one that I'm kind more. of looking forward to is probably the next Kirby game. I think that's in the next couple months. Oh yeah, as Star well. Alliance
1: or something, yeah. isn't it?
0: Yeah, I saw a few mm. little gameplay trailers and things for that, and it looks like fun. Um, Kirby mm. Kirby games are a good time. So, yeah, that is it is really cool to know that not only are they getting that third party support from you know third party developers and things and we're getting all these cool games there's also this massive push for their in-house stuff as well and you know the quality is always going to be so high with nintendo i think that's the Mm. thing that's going to be going to be awesome Um, what are your
1: bets for this year like what do you think out of things that haven't been announced yet or or what have you or maybe things that have but you haven't really heard anything other than a name what do you think is coming this year first party for nintendo first
0: party for nintendo
2: you know, I think we'll, we'll, more 1-2 Switch. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next one going to be 3-4 Switch? Yeah, 3-4 yeah. Switch,
0: yeah. You know what I would be super down on would be another, essentially a Wii Sports, but like a Switch Sports. I think that would be mm. cool. That would be good fun. Like if you could do bowling and all that kind of stuff again on the Switch, just with update, you know, that would be really yeah. cool for me.
1: Mm. I'm betting we're probably going to be getting a Smash Bros this year. Um yep. they've pretty much always been launch year or very close to launch for, you know, each each Nintendo system since the first one on N64, there's been a Smash. So yeah. I'm thinking this year we'll get a Smash, uh, hopefully a new one, not just Smash Bros Wii U ported across.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, eh? Because I remember with the Smash Bros thing, I remember getting like a game magazine back when Nintendo 64 was out when I was a kid and seeing like just photos of Super Smash Bros in there and always really, really wanting to play the game, but ne- I've never mm. had a chance. And to this day i've never touched super smash bros really yeah so if it comes out this year i'm all fucking over that for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good games
1: especially now that nintendo started reclaiming some of the original nintendo uh series that have moved to other systems like right. how we had uh, cloud from final fantasy and the wii u smash because nintendo started to reclaim the fact that final fantasy started as a Nintendo, as a nintendo IP. IP pulling it all back Mm. and being like, no, give us our characters again. (laughs)
0: Yeah, give them back. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Anything else on you guys' radar for this year for Switch?
1: Um, I'm excited for Bayonetta 3, if only because it's a Platinum Games game, which took my game of the year last year. So a Platinum Games Switch exclusive will be, hopefully, the tits.
0: Yeah, I'd Mm. say so. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Looking forward to Dark Souls on Switch.
2: Mm. Dark Souls Remastered. Yeah, yeah
1: i think switch will be the platform for it to be honest like because a playing it anywhere is always good um hmm. but b because just looking at the you know the youtube community for souls it seems like everyone who is a souls creator when they are asked oh what do you think about a uh, dark souls remastered they're all saying pick it up on switch pc already has dark souls remastered in the form of mods and texture packs for the original kind of thing yeah um it really doesn't need it and console you, if you get it on PS4 or Xbox One, you're just playing an inferior version of the PC version. So Switch is the logical choice. Mm. Portability, play it anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're basically just like a, a, a an advertisement for Switch now. Eh? It's great. So uh, we're going to finish up very shortly. Um, I thought what would be quite cool to finish is just whipping through and having speaking of kind of the, the you know releases that are coming up, having a look at the uh, games that are releasing in the next sort of month or so. Um, mm so we have uh, dynasty warriors 9 coming out on february 13th for pc ps4 and xbox one Um, and then again that i'm actually quite keen to check out uh is kingdom come deliverance on february 13th um, Mm -hmm. pc ps4 and xbox one just kind of a bit intrigued as to how kind of polished that's going to end up because i remember seeing it at e3 a couple years ago and thinking looks cool but it could also be a bit shit you know just in kind of the level of polish so um we shall see february 13th owl boy owl boy uh for ps4 overwatch league boy overwatch (laughs) yeah yeah something like that um don't know much about it uh radiant historia perfect chronology chronology that's how you say that word on 3ds still bringing out 3ds games uh secret of mana february 15th Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2 on February 16th for Switch. We've got Fee or Fay or however it's pronounced. Oh, yeah, Faye. Yeah, Yeah, February 16th.
1: That's Ubisoft, isn't it, or something? Or EA? Um,
0: It's an
1: EA, one of those EA indies, how they got into the indie scene as well.
0: Yeah, their, whatever it's called, their creator, something or other. Yeah. Yeah, anywho. Age of Empires, definitive edition on February the 20th, which is pretty awesome too looking forward to that metal gear survive february the 20th
1: i can't believe that game is soon (laughs) and nobody gives a fuck like (laughs) it's like nobody's even reporting on the fact that it is coming out soon and is going to probably flop or anything just no one's touching it with a Mm. stick it's almost like the entire world has just signed an agreement that now that hideo has gone from metal gear don't talk about metal gear (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's true i yeah it's interesting just don't give it the time of day because really yeah. it's just konami right so yeah yeah interesting and then finishing up uh on february the 27th payday 2 which i know you guys are just pumped for um <laughs> on switch so that is what february is looking like
2: shadow of the colossus
0: oh shadow of the colossus not on this list is that this month
2: it's that on the 7th
0: oh, oh shit. Wow. Really? Man. That's
1: so soon, isn't it? That's just over a week or
0: That is massive. Yeah. yeah. Shit. I need to figure out what the story is with this list because this is a shit list if it doesn't include Shadow of the Classics <laughs> on it. Yeah, no, that's super exciting. That is really exciting. Mm. Are you pick, So you're picking that up early on, Mike? You're going to go straight for it? Uh,
2: yeah, I reckon it will. I'm pretty keen to play that again. Um, awesome game. Awesome music.
0: Mm.
2: Looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> graphically-
0: it is. I mean, it's. I mean, the, the the following behind that game really says a lot about the quality of the game. You know, it's it is one of those classics, one of those cult classics that everyone loves. So, nice one. Yeah. More riding around on a horse. Indeed. Yeah. Um, one thing I never managed to do in Shadow of the Colossus was climb to the top of the the main big area. I think I remember mm. there being a trophy. On the was, was yeah. remaster for climbing to the top of that, and I never managed to do that. So that'll be one of my goals yeah. this month.
2: Well, there's a whole like I've finished the game, but there was a whole part of it which I didn't actually like realize was a thing. Um, and be, I think there's like lizards running around that you got to eat. Yeah, they uh, and then they well, you then finish the whole thing without away.
1: increasing your stamina bar. Yeah, I that's absurd. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> that'll be something to do.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. That is probably us for another fortnight. Thank you so much for uh, sitting in and listening to us ramble. We will be back in a couple weeks for the start of season three um, when Abe is back on board. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. There's an RSS feed on the website so you can subscribe to that or find us um, on iTunes or any of the other places that you like to frequent on the internet like YouTube or overcastgamer.com or any of those sorts of places. But uh, thank you very much, and we will catch you again soon. Cool. Cheers. Kid, it's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks, Vegeta. I'm impressed you managed to, to time it.